This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Living in First Alignment podcast, and welcome to the 100th episode on my channel, and I'm so thrilled for this because I put out into the universe that I wanted someone special to have an interview with for this episode, and the universe delivered, and I will talk more about this in the episode, but today I'm interviewing Christy Whitman who is a transformational leader, celebrity coach, law of attraction expert, and also a two-time New York Times bestselling author of the books The Art of Having It All and Taming Your Alpha Bitch. She's also the author of Quantum Success, which I've read, and I highly recommend it. She is an incredible woman. She's appeared on the news, the Today Show, the Morning Show, TEDx, the Hallmark Hallmark Channel, and her work has been featured in the media in various publications. She's also been featured in Goldcast, People Magazine, Seventeen, Women's Day, Hollywood Life, and Teen Vogue, just to name a few. So she's also the CEO and founder of Quantum Success Learning Academy and also the Quantum Success Coaching Academy. And I'm just completely honored to have her on the channel today and for this special episode. So I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much, Christy, for giving me the opportunity today to interview you. I'm so thankful. And so I was wondering if you could please share about yourself. Yes. Thank you for sharing space with me and thank you for inviting me to be here. I'm very excited to uh, have this conversation with you. So yeah, I, you know, in my young 20s, I kind of checked the box of all the things that I thought were going to make me happy that I grew up thinking that, okay, go out and, you know, earn your own money. Cause I saw my mom not, you know, be kind of, be kind of being stuck in the relationship that she was with my dad and didn't feel she had financial freedom. And so I, I wanted to be, you know, one of those, I'm going to make my own money kind of thing. I'm never going to rely on a man for money. And I went out and created, you know, I got a degree and I had a really great high paying job right out of college and um, had a lot of responsibility. I was living in the city of Chicago and I just had a, you know, I was with my best friend there and we lived together. I was having the time of my life yet. I felt so unfulfilled and I would even go, what is wrong with me? It's like, I, you know, I've got health in my body. I've got, I was, you know, felt good about how I looked I had my best friend living in a brownstone in Wrigleyville, one of the greatest cities in Chicago. My job literally was to go and meet hotel and bar managers. And so I would say, Don, let's go out for dinner at this restaurant. And, and we would go and it'd be all on the company and, you know, we'd get to meet people like Michael Jordan. And, you know, it was just incredible. It was amazing. And why am I so unhappy? Like, why can't I get, my, why can't I get it together? And so that feeling of being unfulfilled and never satisfied, I was like, what is this? And I was really reaching for something that was more of a spiritual connection, although I didn't have that language at the time. And so that asking that, that like thirst, you know, like when you're so thirsty, it was like, that's how I felt. It led me to, I was dating a guy from California and we were doing this long distance thing. And so I asked for a lateral move from my company. And when I got to California, 
one of the first people that I was introduced to from the guy I was dating was a hairdresser. And so, or hair designer, whatever, whatever, whatever you call this hairstylist, I guess is what they call them now. Um, and I went and got my haircut and Janine had this just bubbly, ever effervescent energy about her. And she was so different than anybody I'd ever seen or met or interacted with. And being as blunt as I am, I just kept looking at her and observing her. And finally, I just went, all right, I got to know, what do you do? And she just started laughing because she knew exactly what I meant. I'm like, you're different. And she's like, yeah, I do a meditation and, and you know, have a deep spiritual practice. And I work with a woman that's a meditation teacher named Melanie. And I'm like, can I get her number? I was just like, I felt like there's a movie called When Harry Met Sally. I don't know if you've ever seen it where she's in the restaurant and she's faking that she's having an orgasm and she's going, yes, yes. <laughs> and if you've never seen it, it's a really great movie. And so she's like, yes, yes. Cause she's trying to show that, you know, she can, that women can fake an orgasm and the guy wouldn't know. So she's doing this whole thing in the middle of this restaurant. And there's a woman that sees her doing that and, and says, I'll have what she's having. Right? Yes. It's like, it's like a yes. classic line. Right. So that's how I felt when I was looking at Janine, like I'll have what she's having. So let, give me Melanie's phone number. So I was literally dialing her phone number as I was walking out of the salon. And I sat down with Melanie and just, I, it was really strange because she was, it was a very woo-woo house. There were crystals and, you know, all these angel figurines. And it was just like, where am I? What world is this? You know, what world am I in? And just sitting with her for a couple of minutes, she said, you create your own reality. And this is 24, 25 years ago. It wasn't the internet. Secret hadn't been out. You know, th this kind of information wasn't out there. People didn't talk about universal laws. People weren't saying, oh yeah, you know, there wasn't a lot of coaching. If it was, it was a very small little niche, you know, place in California. And so when she said, You're, you create your own reality, there was something that just whooshed over me to say, that's true. And I felt like an opening inside of myself. I just felt this deep, like, yes. I have goosebumps. Yeah. I have goosebumps with you saying that. Yeah. And that's how I felt. It was like, Oh my gosh. And, and then I, and then I said, then my logical brain kicked back in and went, well, how? And she said, by your thoughts. And you're either attracting things to you or repelling things from you. And once again, I have that like, oh, that's true. How? You know, I it just was like going into like the spiritual, non-physical energy of it going, yes. And like resonating with that. And then my mind would kick in that logical part. Like, well, then how? Like, how do you repel? How do you attract? And so she told, she told me that the first place I needed to start was start paying attention to my thoughts. And I was like, well, what do you mean? I had no idea that the thoughts that I think could actually be changed. I mean, I knew I could change my mind, but to actually have a thought about something, whether it's critical or judgmental, that I could actually change those thoughts to have a different perspective or a different thought process about it. I thought, well, just thoughts are thoughts. I, that's, I think that way, so it is, right? So that was another huge opening when she gave me this assignment. It was like, just pay attention to your thoughts. So I went home and we scheduled another, you know, session or whatever, like a week later, I went home, paid attention to my thoughts and I could not believe Kayla, how negative I was like 
constantly beating myself up, criticizing myself, cutting myself down and others, whether I was driving or it was just constant, you know, just judgment, criticism, condemnation, comparison. And I, and I was like, well, God, no wonder, because if what she's saying is true, I'm repelling the things I want from myself and I'm not feeling good. How could I be feeling good when I'm thinking these thoughts? And so I started to do meditation practice and this just led me on really getting more uh, hungry, thirsty for spiritual knowledge. And so I then at that point that I was at, that I was asking, you know, the universe for, I want more. I want to know how does manifestation work? Um, how do you attract things into your life? I mean, all that. I started attracting the right people, books, you know, workshops, whatever it was to bring all this information to me. And that's when I, I really discovered, I mean, there are more than seven universal laws, but when in my travels and what I was practicing and what, I, what was working and what was not working, I really discovered there are seven essential laws. And when I was applying and understanding these laws, that's what made my life work. And one law in particular, yes, there's law of attraction, which most people talk about, you know, the secret was based on, but beyond law of attraction, there's a law of sufficiency and abundance. When you understand and apply that law, that makes all the laws work. Law of attraction is just giving us back what we're vibrating out. And so I started applying this to my life. And then I, I just saw my life just transform. It was just, I remember five years into having this training, this information. And I remember thinking, God, I have everything I want in my life and I feel good. Like I was married. I was living in a really cute house. You know, I was really healthy. I was enjoying the way my body looked. I had money in the bank, no debt. And it was around that time that my first book, Perfect Pictures, literally channeled through, downloaded through. I was woken up at 105 in the morning with just almost like hearing in my ear and I couldn't stop. So it, it would, the voice wouldn't stop. So I got up and that was my first experience of channeling um, because I had this automatic writing where it was just this complete download of my hand was just moving independently from my own brain. And I would, it felt like, oh my God, I'm not even... I'm not even moving my hand now. And when I got finished, um, you know, writing, I read what was written and I was, I was like, whoa, this is like perfect. I did not, my consciousness did not write that. And so that happened to me seven nights in a row. And the book has seven chapters. And so I got the book published and that was an amazing, like total attraction thing because I didn't know anything about book publishing and when the book got published, I started speaking in spiritual bookstores and you know churches, and people kept asking me, well, do you coach? And again, this is in California, so people knew about coaching. I had no frame or reference for coaching. I was like, what, cheerleading coach? I, what, what, football coach? What do you mean do I coach? And so I just had people call me on the phone, and I would walk them through the processes that would help them shift thoughts and emotions and have different perspectives and apply the universal laws. And they kept coming back to me going, oh my God, my life is just completely shifting and changing. And even though I was a pharmaceutical rep at the time and making really good money, when I would coach someone, I felt like I was so on purpose. And so I pursued doing that. And about uh, 13, 14 years ago, I went full time 
in my coaching business and in 2008 started um, certifying law of attraction coaches and just have been doing this. And now I'm full on channeling with the council and it's just, I mean, it's been just an incredible involvement. So I love, I love your story so much because it really did start with you just being, you just having that awakening a moment, like that awareness of noticing, you know, your hairstylist being a certain way. And that had you ask questions and then you literally just kept following the nudges and then you've created this, this beautiful life. And I'm so excited to talk about these laws and more about this because I'm obviously very passionate about mindset because same for me, you know, my upbringing was my parents were separated and I had an ex stepmom who was an abusive alcoholic and she was narcissistic and very manipulative. And so really throughout my teens, especially growing up, like I had a lot of negative dialogue in my head and a lot of negative self-limiting beliefs. And so really when I was about 25, that's when I started to really dive into personal development and then really questioning, you know, understanding how our thoughts really shape our world and our language, our language is everything. And, and so even that, like understanding language, but then I love that we're also going to be talking about like the energetic perspective of how we create our world, because those two things really go hand in hand. And so before we move forward and start talking more about that, I want to share the story that I, I told you before we hit record. <laughs> and I want to tell the listeners a story because this is a prime example of how manifestation works. And then we're going to dive into the laws and like really break all this down. So a couple months ago, I said to myself that I really wanted to interview someone special for my hundredth podcast episode. And I didn't know what that looked like. And I thought, okay, this would be really cool. Like, I really want to celebrate this. I'm really proud of myself. And so I let that thought go. And then a couple months went by and one of my friends, Tara, interviewed Christy and she was sharing on her Instagram, like, oh, she has this book named Quantum Success. And at this point, honestly, I'd never heard of Christy before. And I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to buy this book. So this was in March, like last month. And so I bought the book and then a week later, the podcast episode came out. So I listened to the interview and I thought, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, I really like her. I'm going to read the book. And then a week later, her publisher reached out to me and asked if I wanted to interview her on my podcast. And I thought, this is crazy. And so in that moment, log my logic brain, as we are talking about in this conversation was like, well, how did, how did you know who you were? Like, how did they know you had the book? And the thing is they didn't, they didn't know I had the book. They didn't know that I listened to Tara's podcast. And when I talked to her publisher, there was absolutely no correlation between any of that. And so this is like the prime example of, you know, having, paying attention to what you're thinking about and putting your intentions out there and how things can manifest into your life. And even though this is like the second time I've shared the story with you now, like I still get chills and I just, I just love it because I wasn't attached to the outcome, which is something I know we're going to talk about. And I was just focused on what I wanted. I was like, I really want to have like a special podcast episode for my hundredth episode. And now here we are. So I just, I love sharing these kind of stories. I think it's so fun. Yes. And I'm, and I'm really honored. So thank you. Thank oh you my for God. letting me the, uh, be the person that um, is uh, on your hundredth. I mean, that's, that's quite an accomplishment. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, I'm so excited about it too. I would love for us to dive in and talk more about the universal laws that you mentioned in your story, because I think I've talked about law of attraction and I've talked about, you know, the art of surrendering and being detached and being intentional with like what we're creating. But I think that talking about like the specific laws will really paint a clearer picture for the listeners today. 
Awesome. So yeah, like before we discard, start the discussion of universal laws, I think it's important to say that, you know, we've heard a lot, a, a lot of people have heard this. If you're hearing this for the first time, or if you're hearing this for the hundredth time, just let this go deeper. But everything in the universe is energy. We live in a vibrational universe and everything is energy, whether it's something that ha that is very dense matter, like a desk, um, or it's something like us that's physical matter or non-physical, you know, like it hasn't manifested into anything yet. Modern science has proven that when you break things down from subatomic particles and atoms and molecules at, at the at the basis of all of it is energy. And so modern science have shown it, quantum physics has proven it, that everything is energy. So it isn't just a you know, woo-woo person saying everything's energy, it's, like it's, it's proven. So with that being said, that we as human beings are energy receivers. We are always receiving in energy. And when you think of all the trillions of cells that are on in our physical body, all of those trillions of cells have receptor sites and those receptor sites are always receiving in energy. So it's important to understand that we can be influenced by the negativity or the energy, say if we're walking into a grocery store or, you know, we're like when the pandemic was happening, right? It's like you could walk into a place and almost feel a sense of fear where it wasn't yours before. Or some people say, oh, I'm an empath and they they just, they're so receptive to other people's energy. When you are aligned with universal energy and you are the one that deliberately put yourself in a place of receiving and asking for the energy that you want to feel, whether it's freedom, abundance, success, fun, joy, whatever that energy is, when you are allowing yourself to receive that energy in and attuning with it, aligning with it, then you're doing the second action as a human being. So we're not only energy receivers, we're also energy transmitters. And so as an energy transmitter, we're sending out energy to the universe. And we do that by the thoughts that we think, the beliefs and perspectives that we hold, the words, the language that we use, um, the emotions that we have, feelings, feeling either you know, holding on to them or expressing them, and also the actions that we take. And so if we're an energy receiver and we're also an energy transmitter, what then happens is by universal law, what we are sending out from our own physical energy field, we are then attracting back to us. That's law of attraction. Like attracts like. The vibration, all energy carries information. That information goes out into the universe. It gathers things of that same vibration and brings it back into our life. So relationships are pictured by what we believe, we hold, we think a relationship needs to and will look like, or our finances, or our careers, or our health and our body. It's all a projection for each individual based on what we're giving out then becomes that reality. It's like we're the, we're the slide projector or the movie projector and the light is always available, light is always coming in, but it's what movie we have or what slide we have in our own imagination and, and all, the, all the things that go with that imagination as we're thinking something, the, um, the feelings then, because thoughts lead to feelings, feelings lead to thoughts, and they kind of dance with each other and they intensify each other, they create a momentum 
that then outpictures what our slides are in our reality. And that's what I love about this is because you no longer can play a victim. For, for me, when I got this, it was like, huh, okay. So it's not my mom and dad's fault. I might've been imprinted by stuff that I need to release so that I'm not continuing to send out the same vibrations. But it's, I can no longer blame my mom and dad because I'm in the now moment attracting what I'm attracting. So I'm not gonna blame my mom and dad. I'm not gonna blame the government. It doesn't matter who the president is. It, we could be in the middle of a pandemic and I can still be receiving energy from universal law or universal forces, which is always high positive vibrations and still feel good in any given situation, circumstance, event, whatever's happening. And because I'm in the receiving mode of a higher energy, I can then give that energy out. And what's going to happen is I'm going to receive things that bring me more joy or are evidence of abundance or are evidence of success or are evidence of people loving and supporting me. So that I just wanted to lay that foundation first before we get into the nitty gritties of the laws. <laughs> totally. And I, I, I really appreciate that because I think the other thing that's important too, that you were pointing out was like, you know, it's not your parents' fault. It's not the president. It's not the circumstances. And just to give like my own short story with that right now, we are in the middle of a pandemic. And for myself, like I've been doing a lot of work, like mindset work and energetic work, especially in the last six months. And I manifested a job that I started in the middle of a pandemic that doubled my salary. And so like logically that doesn't make sense because thousands of people are losing their jobs, getting laid off, getting fired, shutting down their businesses, going bankrupt. So the thing is, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. It's really the energy that you're putting out and the beliefs that you had. Cause for me, I was, I was, I was blown away, but I also wasn't because I, I really understand how this work works and it'll be great because as we go through the laws like i you know i can share a bit about how i apply those laws to shift my situation because the other the other thing is that because this happened even a month ago when the quarantine is over in the next few weeks or the next month or so i'll be debt free again like that and who comes out of a pandemic debt free so it's like these sort of things like logically it's like well sure it doesn't make sense but we're not talking about making sense we're talking about energy it's be it's beyond logic. It's be beyond one plus one equals two. It's like you know when I wrote my book Quantum Success. It's not a linear step by step thing. You are tapping into a unlimited pure potentiality, and anything is possible. And congratulations because you. that you know. And the more people I talk to too that are kind of in the world of energy, it's like you know I'm actually enjoying this. This is yeah. great. I'm, I'm you know, and and it's not what a lot of people out there would be experiencing. A lot of people are feeling stress. And, and like you said, they're losing their job or they're financially strapped. Or, but the more and more people I talk to that, that are really working their own energy and their mindset and really understanding that they do create their own reality, they're having the time of their lives when it's like the pandemic or the, the you know, we're in quarantine and it's like, we're making the best of it. Do I still want to go get a pedicure and get my nails done? Hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm making the, you know, I'm making the best of it. So good for you. That's amazing. And you know, it's funny because I, there's a, there's a restaurant, I think it's in your town in Vancouver, um, where the guy, when this happened and the restaurants were supposed to close down, he just went, okay, so we're going to do a fixed, fixed, uh, menu and we're going to do 80 meals 
in uh, you know a night when normally he would do for the whole entire restaurant he would do like maybe sixty at, at the top, and he started creating these prepaid menus and in the changes every night and people are coming and he's selling out every night and selling 80 when he doesn't have to pay wait staff. He doesn't have to, you know, worry about all this other stuff. And he's actually making and profiting and doing well during the pandemic. So whereas most restaurants are hurting, he figured out a way to make money and to make it profitable and to actually have, to make it even more successful than before. So when we're looking for solutions, when we're looking for potential, you know, things that we desire, it puts us in a whole different energy of receiving than being in fear or doubt or freak out mode or stress or worry. It just does. I mean, and, and that's one of the laws that I want to talk about is, is the law of sufficiency and abundance. This is a law that I feel really, it does pull all of the laws together because when you look at, um, when you look at it as a spectrum, and one of the laws is a law of polarity. Here on, on Earth, we have polarity, up, down, left, right, good, bad, right, wrong. You know, we, we've got temperature, for example, that represents one thing. It's temperature, but you could have on one side of the pole extreme cold, on the other side of the pole extreme hot. You know, those are two opposite ends of the pole. And then you have the different variations and spectrum of degrees, you know, in, in there. Well, with law of sufficiency and abundance, it's the same thing. And that's why all these work together is that on one side of the pole, you have lack. On the other side of the pole, you have abundance. Now, lack always feels bad. And it always feels bad because we are an unlimited being. The, the very breath that we breathe is the divine that is always in pure positive energy. So when our mindset, when our thoughts, when our emotions are in lower level lack emotions like fear, worry, doubt, frustration, disappointment, you know, those kind of energies, then we're completely disconnected. We're not in alignment with the, the divine in us. We're not in alignment with pure potential, you know, pure positive energy. And so lack always feels bad. On the other hand, abundance, feeling like you've got passion, enthusiasm, faith, you know, great expectation, fun, joy, appreciation, gratitude, love, all that is on the abundance side of it. All that feels good because that's how our divine self is always, that's the energy that's available to us. So when we're feeling those emotions, we feel good. When we're in that mindset, that perspective, have that thought speaking those words, we always feel good. But there's a tipping point, right? You can't go from feeling lack to then all of a sudden feeling abundant. You can't go from like, I'm totally disappointed to feeling joyful. It's a very big variation in, in vibration. So the tipping point, what's in the middle is satisfaction. It's the law of sufficiency and abundance. So being sufficient, this is, this is sufficient, meaning wherever you are in the world right now, whatever money you have, whatever food you have, whatever, whatever's going on inside of your body, you can find the positive aspects. You can find some level of appreciation and gratitude because then that's going to tip you into the pole of abundance. 
I love this so much. And I was reading the book, your book, Quantum Physics, yesterday. And quantum yeah, quantum, sorry, quantum <laughs> success. <laughs> I did not write the words. book on, let's yeah, be no. clear, I did not write the book on quantum physics. <laughs> <laughs> I, meant, I totally meant to say quantum success, sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the, the whole aspect of being grateful for whatever it is you're experiencing in the moment, like say, for example, like obviously express that my experience of being quarantined and being in the pandemic has been quite abundant, but for some people it's not. But the thing is, too, is with the law of polarity is that we have to experience that like uncomfortability and things that are not working because then that is like pushing us in the direction, like pushing us out of our comfort zone to go towards, you know, sufficiency and like satisfaction and abundance and joy and like all of those really high vibrations. And so for me, like in the last six months when I was really struggling financially and I was really unhappy in my career and I was working on getting my coaching business going and all of this, I really did have scarce feelings. You know, I had a lot of, you know, frustration, just being embarrassed, ashamed, like so much. And, but at the same time, I thought, I was like, wow, like I, I just kept looking at the situation thinking like, this is going to be a really important story in the future to help people. And I need to go through this so I can speak authentically to how important mindset is and how important like law of attraction and all of the universal laws are. And why energy matters like and and it's pushing me to 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 not settle and to go for more and so i think you know this is so important to have that to really experience those lows are actually such a gift and there's been a few times in my life where i was really at my like ultimate lows and i just remember thinking like wow like this it's only up from here 100 percent. and and those moments when i said that it it set the bar of like, oh, this is it. Because then suddenly my language was speaking to, okay, I'm done here. And we're, we're moving up and onward. So yes. I just wanted to share that because I think that that really ties into this law as well. Well, it does because what you're talking about is contrast. So contrast meaning anything you don't want, anything you don't want experience, anything that you're feeling frustrated with. I mean, these are things. It could be financial. It could be your health or your body. It could be relationships. It could be not finding a relationship. It could be not, you know, being able to be happy in the job that you're in or making enough money. Whatever it is, it could be your spiritual connection. Like I was doing really well in my life, but feeling completely dissatisfied. That contrast led me to this just whole opening of a whole spiritual experience, and now really feeling solidified in the fact that I know I'm loved and I, I know that I have everything within me and I, I have a source that's always willing to provide me with anything, whether it's me wanting to feel that I'm supported or I'm fulfilled or that I'm loved or financially abundant or whatever it is, I have a source that I can connect with. And when I first energetically connect with it, it then gets out pictured. So contrast, whenever you're feeling what you don't want, to be able to ask yourself, well, what do I want? So that you're pivoting off of what you don't want. That's the first thing is that, you know, mindset is important, right? And yet it's part of the equation because when you shift your mindset, then you shift your focus from what you don't want to what you do want. That's the first step. And then there's getting the energy involved too, going deeper with it so that you're asking yourself, okay, what do I want? That shifts your initial mindset. Why do I want it? When you start thinking about why do you want something, what that does is it starts shifting the energy of the situation. So why, what do I want? I want to earn 
more money. Okay, well, what's more money? Because if I gave you a dollar, is that more money, right? That is more money. How much more money? And why do you want that? Well, I want to be able to pay my bills and save money every single month, or I want to build my wealth, or I want to be able to have the ability to go on the type of vacations and adventures that I want to go on. I want to give generously to the people that I love. I want to send my kids to a great college, whatever it is. That why starts to evoke the emotions. And when you start to evoke the emotions, now you're shifting things from a vibrational place. And then the third question you want to ask yourself, so what do I want? Why do I want it? How do I want to feel? We all, no matter what we are saying we desire, we all think that if I make more money, if I get a different job, if I find the partner, if I lose the weight, if I finally get out of the quarantine, whatever it is, if I finally go get a pedicure, whatever it is, <laughs> I'm going to feel better in having it, right? I'm going to, I'm going to feel a certain emotion. So going to get that pedicure, I'm going to feel more beautiful. Going to have more money, I'm going to feel more secure, more free. Having that partner in my life, I'm finally going to feel love or I'm going to feel connected. So we think we're assigning outside of ourselves a state of being that we're right now currently not feeling. So we're really coming from a place of lack. If I go get that, then I'll feel, but we're trying to attract what we want from a place of lack. So just even the simplicity of, I want a pedicure so I feel beautiful. Well, let me just feel beauty right now. Let me just feel my beauty, my beautifulness right now. Let me just feel that stream of energetic beauty. Or if I want the, the guy and I think I'm going to feel connected to, you know, to someone or I won't feel lonely anymore. Well, let me just practice what it feels like to be supported or connected or loved. And so when you do that, now you're evoking your whole entire energy. And that's when the universe, because it has to, it's vibrational and is universal law, meaning it works for every single person, every single time, just like this, the pandemic, right? Didn't matter if people are a celebrity, if they're the top athletes, if they're a stay-at-home mom, if they're a podcaster, if they're a big world traveler, if they've got tons of money or they have no money, what religion they are, every, it's a universal situation. And that's what the council is sharing with me is that this is a universal situation. And from this universal situation, every single person will create their own reality, even though it's universal. It is a macrocosm of the microcosm because all of us all the time, whether we're aware of it or not, have universal laws that we have to adhere to. And each one of us is going to have our own experience of this life working with these universal laws, knowing about them or not. So That's we, so powerful. Yeah. 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 And I just love what you said about the example with the pandemic. Like this is a container that we're in, but each person is having their own experience. So it's like how you show up, how you choose to see things. And I think that's so powerful because that really is an example of how the laws work. Like it, it, it's, it's for everyone. It's here for everyone. It's how you choose to use it. And there's one thing that I wanted to elaborate on that you were talking about, the question of what do you want? So there's been times where, say, I've asked, like, I've been in a conversation with someone or a client, I'm like, well, what do you want? 
sometimes I think people, they answer the question. When I say, what do you want? They answer with what they think they can have rather than what do you actually want? Cause I've been even in conversation with my boyfriend and we've talked about moving into a bigger place or buying our home. And then he starts telling me his ideas and I'm like, okay, well, are you, are you saying that because you think that's what we can quote afford with our current situation or is it actually what you want? And then it's like, well, no, of course, like I want a $3.5 million home, like in deep cove in Vancouver where it's beautiful and on the ocean. I'm like, that's the kind of conversation I want to have is really actually what do you want thinking from a place of like being limitless. Yes, exactly. And, and it is interesting too, because I see a lot of people when I ask them, well, what do you want? Well, I want this, but I don't want that. And they go right back to what they don't want because so many of us have been focused on, have been raised in, imprinted with, conditioned with, focusing on what we don't want. Well, I don't want to gain weight. Well, I don't want to break up. Well, I don't want to divorce. I don't want to be late for work. Well, I, do, I don't want to go in debt further. Well, I don't want to, you know, and even as, when someone like yourself or myself as coaches try to shift someone into what do you want, they do. They're kind of like, well, this is what's real or probable. The universe doesn't care about probability because everything is possible. And so, but it's our limited viewpoint or our own having or allowance, our own perspective that this is what's possible, but you have a universe of pure potentiality. This is one of the other laws. This is the law number five, that if you're thinking about that $3.5 million home and with the windows and everything that you're thinking about and you feel expansive by it and you're constantly moving in that direction of whatever momentum it is that you're getting um, the impulses and the inspiration to take, then you, soon you're going to find yourself in the perfect situation buying that home. I mean, I, I've had that so many different times with homes. I had a, I had a house when my very first, well, it was my second home that I, um, I purchased. I was, there was this area in this certain town that I wanted to live in. And the thought of it was like, oh, these are like incredible homes. And I love to go visit the models and all this kind of stuff. And my husband, my, I was married before my, I'm married to the man I married now. Um, it was an eight year relationship with them and we had a smaller home and we were going to go, uh, refi refinance our house because of the, you know, the finance rates went lower. And instead of doing that, we decided to go look at this house, this area. And, and because the finance rates were so low, it worked out that we were able to get the, ex like build our dream home in like with a green belt behind us in this cul-de-sac area and the most beautiful place in this area in town. And it was, just, it was like a dream. Like, how did this happen? Because we were just in this small little house going to refi. And now we're like, literally like, I wake up every morning going, Oh my God. It's like, I'd look out my window and I'd see the mountains and I'd see these, you know, this beautiful pool with the rocks, the rock, uh, fountain. And I'm like, oh my God, this is incredible. I couldn't have in my logical mind thought that that would have been possible, but I had to evoke the energy of quantum field of pure potentiality. And when you do, I mean, I've even had the opposite scenarios happen where my husband and I, with our, my two kids, we lived in Montreal and also in, in uh, Scottsdale. And we had a home in both places. And it got to a point where it's like, you know what? We both feel like 
we want to settle down. The kids are getting to a place where they're not as young and they're going to want to start hanging out with their friends and let's settle down in Scottsdale. And so we'd made a decision on a Friday to sell our home and just move everything, you know, to Arizona. Let's just live there full time. So we called a friend of ours on the Monday and said, Hey, we're thinking about selling our house. We wanted to let you know that we're probably going to go with a different realtor because we don't want anything to come between our friendship. And he goes, just give me a chance. He goes, I have someone that I can bring by tonight. And we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> he, he brought two different families over that night. The house was not listed. It did not have a sign in front. It, it, there was nothing. We, he just made a decision on Friday. On Monday, he shows two people. Tuesday, the guy come, one of the guys comes back. Thursday, he makes us an offer. By Friday, we accept it and we sold the house without taking any pictures, without staging anything, without putting anything up on the internet, without putting up a sign, nothing. And we got exactly what we wanted. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I can't do that. Yeah. But the divine in me can. I love, I love stories like this. And one of the things that you talked about in the book that I really loved was talking about abundance and how this is, this is unlimited. And when we look at the planet, like there isn't a limited amount of air supply or a limited amount of water, like this is so abundant. And then for some reason, when you said this in the book, it really hit me was just how limitations are, that are created are, are man-made, like they're made by humans. Yes. And I thought this is, this is so true. And the other thing that you've talked about a lot in, in your content is how there is no pie where, you know, we, 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 if, if I get this much, then I'm taking away from someone else, or if they get more then I get less. And that's, that's all that entire concept of limitations is man-made. And it was crazy because I knew this, but for some reason, when I was reading the book, this really hit me. And it's so true because like you said, logically who sells their house in a week without, you know, hiring a realtor, putting signs out, staging it, like who does that? You can't logically think that like it was just pure imagination of just allowing it to happen and not being attached to the outcome. And you just yes. you made a decision and then things fell into place because you were aligned with that particular desire. Yes. And it is true. I mean, we all, we all don't have only our own pies. So it's not like someone's going to take from, I always like to say that the divine has like each one of us has a treasure chest above our heads, right? An, an energetic treasure chest full of our divine design of, uh, you know, abundance financially to everything that we'll need and more, you know, for the desires that we have and more the creative self-expression that leads to success, the loving and supportive relationships, the health and well-being, all of it's in this just divine treasure chest and that it can never be depleted. Nobody can take from it. And, and it's not like we're sharing it. It's not like a treasure chest that all of us have to share. We each get our own individually. And when we come from that perspective that there's only so much and that, oh, if that person's succeeding, they're taking part from me or they're this, they're, they're, um, they're outshining. Why is it so easy for that person? And it's so easy to do that now with Instagram. And it's like, oh, oh my yeah. God, like she's killing it. Right. And I, what about me? And then you start comparing yourself to that person. And, you know, it's like when you see someone 
that is doing something, whether it's success in their business or a vacation that they go on or a family that they've created or whatever that you go, ooh, oh my God, I'd like that too. Know that that, ooh, oh my God, I'd like that too. You can have that too, just create it in a different way. It's not because they have it, you can't create it. But initially, if we're coming from that lack perspective, it's like, oh, well, everything looks so easy for her. And there's, there's a mantra that you can use that what the divine has done for her or him, the divine will also do for me. So that's like, you're coming back in alignment with your own treasure chest. You don't have a, and each of us don't have a pie. I, I think I shared this um, in the book that I remember one time I was, it was several years ago, my business had gone like crazy. I was doing million dollar launches and, you know, I've been on the internet for a very long time. And I was laying there getting my weekly massage and I had this feeling of just anxiety. I mean, just complete anxiety come over me while I'm in the middle of getting a massage and I'm relaxed. And I'm like, what is this? And so I, what I know and obviously what I teach and what I've been doing for decades and like, okay, the anxiety is an overamplification of an, of an energy. It's an over anxiety and depression are actually not emotions. Depression is a disease state. It's not an emotion. It's a su suppression of sadness. And when someone doesn't process the emotion of sadness, they become depressed. On the other side of the spectrum, when someone is anxious, it's not like, you know, anxiety is now considered a disease state that you can take a pill for just like depression. But anxiety is, it's an over amplification of an emotion that hasn't been expressed a lot of times fear. So I was like, okay, that first level of anxiety, let me just feel what I need to feel. And it's fear. I was feel, I felt my fear. Now, what I also know to be true is that fear is on the side of the spectrum of not feel good emotion. So it's coming from lack. So as I went into my fear, I'm like, what is, what is my fear trying to tell me? And all of a sudden this voice pops up and says, you've used it all up. And I'm like, I used what all up? your success. And I was like, well, that's interesting. It's like, I'm not competing with anybody else, right? But there's still that perspective inside of my own awareness somewhere, subconscious, unconscious, that I have my own pie and I've gobbled up my own pie. Like, and I've used it all up. And so there's that level of competing with others like, oh, well, I'm going to take this and I'm going to get my share or, oh my, I don't want to take my share. So go ahead and take it. So we almost abdicate, you know, what we could desire because we feel like we don't want to take from other people or there's others that are like, no, I want to take this as mine. Right. But then you get to a level where it's like, no, I create my own abundance. And then, and then I used up my own pie. And so I had to energetically talk to that part of me that felt still up in a place of limitation. It's always life work, you know, it's always involvement. And tell that part, I don't have a pie, I've got a bakery. Like I can make tons of pies. There's an unlimited, I've, I'm in, from a storehouse of unlimited abundance. So if I eat up that pie, guess what? I can make a new pie, it's unlimited. Yes, and I, I, I remember this part of the book and I really loved that, especially the metaphor you know, you can make pies, you can make scones, like you can do whatever. <laughs> You've got a whole factory in the back, right? And and so I wanted to talk a little bit because we're talking about these emotions coming up and, you know, self-limiting beliefs and negative talk and whatnot. And so I've talked about this before. 
a few times on my podcast about the ego, as some would call it. And just, you know, why would that thought or that fear come up for you in that moment to say, oh, you know, you've used up all your success. I think that's what you said in the book was that I've, you've used up all your success, like no more success for you. Do you want to just dive in a little bit? Because I bet you people are listening to this and I'm sure they're having an awakening, like really realizing their thoughts. And if we can help them understand why these negative thoughts come up, I think that that will help them do what you did where you were like, okay, this is a thought. This is where it came from. And this is what I'm doing with it now energetically. Yes. So great question. Um, Thoughts come from, a lot of times they come from our programming. So let's just like go deep into this. You're walking around, you're moving through life. And then all of a sudden you're feeling good, you're feeling joy. And then bam, I like to call it a bushwhack. It could be, you know, you get sideswiped, you get just like something, you know, hits you over the head. You find out your best friend and your boyfriend are cheating on you. And, and, and it's like that sense of <gasps> like, you're just shocked or you get the news that someone you love tragically passed or, you know, something happened where you all of a sudden get hurt. You've fallen off a horse and you can't breathe. I mean, just some of these life experiences that we all have, you could be physically, mentally, emotionally abused. These are all places where the body, instead of we're, we're meant to feel emotions, to receive the emotions, let all of the cells in our bodies experience that anger, that sadness or frustration or whatever it is, and then just absolutely release it. And then to return back to our natural state of feeling good. But what happens in any of those kind of situations is we go, like we, we cave in, we close down. Best way I could describe it is like, you're at a soccer game. I'm a soccer mom. So I always use this as an example. Right? I've got two boys at nine and 10 that play soccer. So you're at a soccer game. The ball's about to come to you. You put your hands up to protect you, right? But then you don't put them down. You keep them up and you're walking around life with your hands up in front of your face for protection. That's what happens when we have some kind of stimulus, some kind of event ex- experience that happens where we feel that emotion and then our hearts close down around it. Now we talked about energy. Energy is constantly moving. It cannot be destroyed. It cannot be created and it cannot stay stuck. So you have a situation where someone hurts you or even just something, you know, someone says something rude and you close down your heart around that, that creates an energetic block it creates a, um, like a closing down of that energy that's supposed to move out and process, but the energy can't just stay there. It starts to create a vortex. It starts to move. And then what it does is it creates thoughts based on this. See, I can't be, friends can't be trusted or, you know, I can't trust women or whatever it is, right? My, my sister-in-law is mean whatever the thoughts are. And that thought then creates a belief because when you think a thought over and over and over and over again, it creates a belief, which you see evidence of. And then you go, see, it's true. That's a, that's how a belief is formed. And from that belief, that's where you get limited, myopic. That's what becomes real for you. That's what our minds do, right? We go, oh, this is a cell phone. This is a desk. This is a chair. 
we, we do that because it's like, we don't have to relearn every day that this is a desk and this is a chair. This is a computer. So it does the same thing with energy. It's like, nope, my sister-in-law is mean. Women can't be trusted. Money is hard to come by. There's only so much success around. I have to fight for my share. All these are imprinted at some point. And a lot of times when we were kids, without us even being aware that the imprinting was happening, what we, I, I could talk about money and imprinting on money forever. Um, I've actually created courses on this, but it's like when you look at, you're in a relationship in a household with your mom and your dad. And when the subject of money comes up, how they handle it, if there was a lot of arguing, you associate money because money is the thing that made them argue. If they never ever talk about money, and now you're a person that, because we all have to relate with money, and it's just something we all have to do, now you're completely like, oh, they can't ever talk about money. Money is like taboo. You can't talk about that because money's bad. Or whatever religious back, you know, background we had that talked about money, that money is the root of all evil or all this kind of stuff. Imprint, 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 imprint. So now here we are wanting to create our career. We're doing the best that we can. We're working hard. No matter what I do, I can't seem to earn money. And no matter what I do, I just feel like there's this ceiling. There's just this block that I can't get past. Yeah. I had to look at that because in my household, my mom thought that the people that had money, oh, well, they were godlike. I mean, oh yeah, he's a lawyer. He makes buku bucks is what my mom would say. I oh, remember yeah. this in the book. Yeah. Buku yeah, bucks. Yeah. I was like, I haven't heard that before. That's clever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they make buku bucks, right? And then my dad would be on the other side condemning people. Oh, oh that guy's such a greedy da da da, you know? And so I, there was a split between as a kid, remember your, your environment, your mom and your dad, when they, when they argue, when there's contract, a conflict, you know, it's like you figure out how to deal with conflict when you're a kid based on how your parents did. And when they have a subject and it's so split like that, what happened to me is I found when I started making money, I would, I really could make money. And every job I've ever had as a waitress, oh my God, I had, I had so much money. But then I would go spend it all because if I have it, okay, well then I'm pleasing mom so I can easily make it. I'm, I'm a good person because I, I can make buku bucks, right? But if I have it, then I'm going to be judged by my dad that I, I don't want to be a greedy, you know, son of a whatever. And so I would then get rid of it. I would spend it all. I would make stupid decisions with it. So I would always be at the place where I didn't have it. And then I'd make it and I'd let it go. And I'd make it and I'd let it go until I got that. Until I put, take, took that split beliefs and that split energy and created my own energetic connection with money, did my relationship change? Yes. And I, I love this example that you use with the money and just also that whole conversation that we had about the vortex with, you know, your thoughts, like the way you explained that was so golden. And I've never heard it explained that way before. And so that really, that really hit me in a different way. And I think that, you know, it comes down to right at the beginning when you're sharing the story and you went to the stylist and you noticed that something was different about her. And then you spent the next week paying attention to your thoughts that's when you discovered all those little vortexes, right? And so, like you said, when we discover all of these 
these things growing up as a child, like how our parents behave, our guardians, our school teachers, friends, what we see on TV, all of that, it imprints into our brain and then it, be it becomes wired because our brain, like you said, looks for evidence. So then the way to switch that is obviously paying attention to that thought, having this higher awareness that we can choose our thoughts like you first discovered when you started your journey. And then with that, when you change your, your thoughts and you choose to focus on that, focus on what you want rather than what you don't want, then what happens is eventually your brain will start looking for evidence for that. And then this is how opportunities come up where you know, you find your dream home or you start your business and you leave your job and then you make money and you get to keep money. And like this, what you were sharing is like such a huge thing for me where I've noticed like up until this point in my life, like I turned 30 last month that I was riding that roller coaster. Like I've had a ton of different jobs and a lot of them were, well, some were well paying careers. Some of them were entry level. And it was like, I would pay off debt. I would accumulate debt. And I especially in the last six months, really got to the point where I was like, Kayla, like, what are you actually thinking? Like, what beliefs have followed you since your childhood that are causing you to have this pattern? And so it was really like this massive breakthrough in the last few months where, like I shared, like I found this job that allows me to build my coaching business on the side and give me all the freedom I want and double my salary. And I was like, okay, this is it. And even still, so people know it's not, this isn't an overnight thing. Cause I still catch myself. Like one thing that I started doing was donating money. And this is something that's really important to me. Cause I don't want to think, Oh, I need to have money and keep money. It's like, no money's a flow. So I catch myself if I'm donating money, if I'm spending money on myself, those old thoughts still come up. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, Oh, I'm going to run out of money. Kayla, you're going to go back into debt. Like this is, this isn't going to last long. It hasn't lasted long before. And so I'm catching myself with those thoughts and just like putting out these little fires of these little like vortexes that are trying to protect me from getting back to those situations I don't want to be in. So I think like it's, it's those again, is so important to notice those negative things. And they're, they're important because it's actually an opportunity to grow and to go like to the polar opposite spectrum, the other end to abundance and joy and, you know, everything that we want to have in our life. Very well said. Absolutely. I mean, just when you come from the premise that everything is energy, and even if you see a thought or hear a thought in your head, you know, a lot of times people say, well, cancel that out, move away, you know, because you're, you're pushing against a thought that's there and it's just going to come back because again, it's, it's a attraction based universe. What you focus on expands. So as you can be with that thought, and just add light, just imagine adding light to that thought and letting that thought just disappear. What you're doing is you're cutting off the, the, the thought at the, at the root. Yes. It's kind of like if you're gardening, right? And you were to take scissors and cut the weed at the top. Well, you still got the root there. But by taking a thought and just sitting with it and isolating it into a thought or maybe imagining it's in a bubble and letting it float away, but not from a, oh, get out of here, you know, but from a love place, from, from a higher energy, you're now changing it. You're literally pulling the root out and bringing in a different energetic relationship because thoughts even are started. It's vibration first. First, there's nothingness, but it's energy. And then the thoughts are created from the energy. I love that you're sharing this because in the fall, I hosted a fun little workshop online called Love Letters to Your Ego. And I really shifted the context because I see a lot of 
a lot of things on the internet, like F you ego, like get out of my way. Like I'm going to do what I want. And I'm like, that's kind of defeats the purpose. Totally. <laughs> and so I created this workshop where it was really about looking at where your self-learning beliefs are coming from and, and really sending love to that and just getting closure with that because again that's coming from a place of abundance love forgiveness like all those really high vibrations and i think that is what will authentically send that off so that you can choose a new thought and a new way of being in life so i, I love that you brought that up because i see that so much with don't listen to your ego and you know it's just trying to stop you in life it's like well it's actually trying to protect you like it's not it's not bad your ego isn't bad it's just it's using evidence to help you survive in life because that's just all animals do that. Humans do that. Like we are living every day to live. We don't want to quote die or look bad or fail. So I think that that's a really, it's a really important thing that you brought up there. Yeah. And what you just said was, was perfect. It was genius because the ego is not bad. Nothing here is bad. The, the divine did not create us human beings with an ego because it made a mistake. Our, our ego is part of what makes us different and unique. And that's part of the fun of the divine is that it gets to create through each one of us that are different and unique because Kayla, you're different than I am. I'm different than my husband. My husband's different than, you know, everybody's different. And those differences and part of our personality makes us fun and makes it unique. And if we were all like the same, all spiritual beings and all that didn't have in this stuff, you know, we would be a non-physical. I mean, the divine could just hang out in non-physical because that's where we're all the same and in pure love and light. We're here, we got imprinted, and the soul does a lot of work with those imprints. It shows the parents that we had in the situations because it wanted to learn love. And that where, where the ego gets a bad rap, and if anybody says, oh, kill the ego, it's a bad, you know, bad thing, I would run because their level of spiritual awareness just isn't there, honestly. It, you know, I heard that before when in my younger years when I was doing this, this work, and, and I was all against the ego too. And it's like, wait a minute, that's that's that is beating myself up. That's not in a place of accepting and loving myself, all the parts of myself, because the divine does. The divine doesn't sit there and judge us. It's us that goes, oh, that's bad or that's wrong. You know, sometimes there's a bitchiness that comes out that sometimes needs to. A couple weekends ago, I had a gardener who I've told on several occasions that was working on our neighbor's yard, he started at 6.30 in the morning on a Saturday. And I was like, oh, hell no. I went out there and I'm like, what the hell? It's 6.30 in the morning. I mean, I was full on alpha bitch. That's another one of the books I wrote. <laughs> full on alpha bitch. I was just like, no, this is not okay. And I'm like, I'm telling the community about you. And so I let the community center know because it's like, that's not, they have a thing that gardeners cannot start until eight o'clock in the morning. What makes him so special? He could start at 6.30 and right by my head next to my neighbor. So some would say, oh, that's an ego. That's out of control. No, it's me setting a boundary because my emotion was like, I was pissed. Our emotions are not bad. All emotions are positive because they communicate from us to us. Are we in the right direction or not? Or is a boundary being created or not? You know, and I got something done. The the community center said gave him a warning. So the next time you do that, he's now coming on Fridays at two o'clock instead of Saturday mornings at seven seven thirty. He was you know kind of inching that, crossing that boundary. But when he did six thirty in the morning, I'm like, uh uh, you know. So 
am I a bad person? It did my personality and my ego because there's a lot of other people that were annoyed by it, but I'm the one with my feisty personality, which I have learned to learn to, I've learned to love and embrace that part of me because it's fun. I'm feisty and I'm fun. And people won't step on, on, step all over me because I'm like, no, that's a boundary for me. And so what the, what the ego is, is bad is, or that can be considered bad. And it's not even the ego. It's our imprints. It's our false beliefs. It's our limitation. And guess what? The decision that we made in those moments of deciding that we were limited or that we weren't enough or that we weren't important or that we didn't matter or that we didn't have value. All of that was a decision that was made at some point that created an imprint. And then we believed it and saw evidence of it but we were the ones that made the decision and we can make a new decision to create a totally different reality. You know, I have young kids and they've known about law of attraction since they could even breathe. And, <laughs> you know, I've been talking to them about the meditation and choosing their thoughts. And if they have something that happens at school, they're like, I'm bad, or that person hates me or, you know, and we shift their, help them shift their thoughts. So the other night I was thinking about this. I'm like, wow, this is such a representation. My son is 10. He's about to turn 11. And he had kind of a butt-headed day with his dad on homework because my husband is doing the homeschooling. And so he said to me that night, I was scratching his back as I was, you know, tucking him in bed that night. And I said, do you know how loved you are? And he goes, yeah, I do by you. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he goes, I don't feel loved by daddy. And so that could have been a moment where if we didn't have this conversation, he could just make a decision. My dad doesn't love me. And I said, honey, you're, think about all the stuff that your dad does to show you love. He goes out and plays football and soccer with you. He's so involved when your sports are going on. He loves being there with you, encourages you, he coaches you. He makes all the food in the, in the house and he's always giving you exactly what's like really proper nutrition, gives you surprises like pizza every once in a while. Like he does all that stuff for you. And the way he's teaching you right now is because he knows how smart you are and he doesn't want to just give you the answers, which is what you're kind of wanting and getting pissed because he's not giving you the answers. Yeah. So can you see like the way he says to you how proud he is and how he gives you those hugs and he comes and cuddles and tickles you back. There's so much evidence that your dad loves you. And he went, yeah, you're right. And so that could have been a moment as a, as a child, we're very concrete thinkers, right? It's like, oh, he doesn't love me because he was hard on me or I'm not, I'm not significant because my dad was working and was working too much. And that seemed like work was everything on his mind. So I wasn't significant. So I'm not significant or I don't have value. The decisions that we made as a little kid are affecting our lives and we're not little kids anymore. Yeah. It's time for adults to step in and go, that's not true. Exactly. One thing that I talk about a lot, just to kind of summarize everything you just said, was that everything that we know is a learned behavior. Like everything that we know, like even our personality, how we walk, how we talk, how we think, like what we believe, it's all learned. Like we really do come into this universe and like are born onto the planet as a blank slate. And sure, we all come from different families and backgrounds, but we always, something that all of us always have is the choice of thought. And it just takes awareness to, to really, you know, notice that and be able to shift that and practice shifting it regularly. Yes. Yeah. 
one thing I wanted to dive in to before we wrap things up is I really want you to share more about Christy and the council. And this might be like a really big can of worms to open. But <laughs> I'm totally up for talking about it. And I would love for you to go into it and just share about this. And we did talk about the divine and mentioned a little bit about channeling, but I would love for you to share this with, with the audience listening. Yeah. So, and I, I could come back anytime you want and I can have them channel and you can ask them direct questions and all that kind of stuff. If you ever wanted to do that. Oh, um, of course. That sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just reach out to Jimmy and we can, we can schedule something and, um, and they, they can come in and just, I mean, they're phenomenal. I'm, I'm pretty wise about what I, what I know, cause I've been doing it a very long time and I, this is how I live my life. And yet there is, they're infinite right? So they're ascended masters, they're energy beings. And when they come through, the energy is like, I'm a pretty high vibrational person, but the energy is like, you know, when they come in. Um, so there, it's been a, it's been an evolution and it's being me saying yes, every time something has come up, like the automatic writing of the book and saying yes to that and doing what I needed to do as a physical human being to make sure that that stuff was created, um, in the physical realm. But, you know, several years ago, I want to say it was maybe six, seven years ago, I was working with a group of people doing, um, a class online and all of a sudden my hands went up and, and now we didn't do zoom at the time. It was all on the phone and it was like on Instatel seminar. And there was a woman that was in, um, Washington and I was in Montreal and, my hands went up and she goes, did you just put your hands on? And I could see her spirit. And she goes, did you just put your hands on my neck? And I go, yeah, my hands are up and I can't put them down. I literally was like trying to put them down and they were staying up. And she goes, oh my God, I can feel the heat on my neck. And, and I said, well, where, where did you want me to, where, where were you going to say that you were having issues today? She's like, my neck. And so it was like, she could feel that. Right. And so then the next person that went, it was like, all of a sudden this just happened where it was like, my hands were not my own. And then all of a sudden another person was talking to me on the same class. And, um, I hear a voice very clearly that says, tell her to go to the doctor and check her hips. And I'm like going, what? <laughs> like that is a random weird thing to tell somebody. And there's like, tell her. And it was like, it was just such a clear voice. So I said, okay, don't kill the messenger, Barbara, but I'm being told that you need to go to the doctor and check out around your hips. Are your hips hurting you or anything? And she goes, no. And I go, are you having any pain? No pain or anything or discomfort in your hips? No. I'm like, just do me a favor. Just, this is coming in so clearly for you. She went to the doctor. It turned out she had cancer in the hips and it was so early on that they were able to get it and it wasn't a big recovery process but i mean to have them notify like see that that early on she was like that's insane so i mean there's been so many stories like that so i kept see getting really clear like i could sit with someone and see where their energy blocks were i could get information all this kind of stuff so i kept getting these assignments to create what they were calling a sacred circle of light where people would just show up every single week. It was like an immersion program every single week, work with their energy. If something happens, like, you know, they get in an argument with someone or, you know, something happened, we could then work with the blocks and release them, that sort of thing. So I did, I started it and I still do this to this day during one of the sessions. 
the last lady to go, all of a sudden I started hearing, instead of hearing that clear, clear voice, I heard like it was a 10 people. It's like sometimes my kids are talking to me at the same time and I'm like, whoa, wait, I cannot hear anybody. It was like a bunch of people talking to me. And I'm like, I can't understand. I don't know what happened. And then I went out. Like I literally, my consciousness went out. And I felt as if my physical body went over my chair and that I was talking like this. When I saw the recording, thank goodness it was recorded, I was sitting there just barely moving. And I talk a lot with my hands, as you can see. Um, They can't, but you can. And Mm -hmm. I was like, really settled with my hands. My, I had an accent. The information that was coming through was just like, oh my God. And the people that were watching this were just like, what is happening? And then they left and I came back in and I was just in tears because I was witnessing what had happened. And so ever since then, and the crazy thing is, like, I know we were talking before we started um, this recording when I got back the video, cause I'm like, I gotta see this. I gotta see what everybody else saw. I was like, what? I saw the date and it was September 17th, 2018. So it was a year, a year and a half ago that I've been channeling fully. It's been a progression. That's my, my son Maxim's birthday, September 17th. Wow. Oh my like, God, I have chills, right? <laughs> so I was like, yeah. I'll never forget that date that they came through and were birthed, right? Wow. So. Yeah. So, so now I'm just, I'm, I'm really shifting a lot to everything is now Christy in the council because you know, every that's, that's where my assignments are going. That's where they're wanting me to direct and go to and, and helping people heal emotionally. And really their message is if you want to look at, cause there's other people that channel, right. Their message and their purpose of coming through me specifically is because they want to teach people how to be energy masters, how to really be able to master their own energy and to create the life that we're divinely designed to have. Yes, I love this so much. And when I was reading about reading about the council and that on your website, I was really loving how, you know, you were channeling, but you were also talking about how you can help people heal where those energy blocks are and like what, and discover like what those imprints are that are holding them back in their life. Cause I think for example, I like, I know of Abraham Hicks, like I don't follow her that much, but I know that she does a lot of channeling, but I think what I was, what I was discovering through, you know, doing a bit of research on what you're doing is like, I love that you are helping people like heal themselves. Right. And, and so that's like, that's such, that's such a beautiful thing. And I really find this so, I find it really interesting. And of course I would love to learn more about it. So I'll definitely have to follow up with you on that. Cause I'm sure you have like endless amounts of stories of oh, yeah. done the work and everything. That's so beautiful. Incredible. Yes. I, I'd love to offer everybody a gift. I know that you have partaken in the gift. Yes. So, you know, a lot of times people say, oh my God, you guys talked about so much. Where would I even get started? And I would get that question a lot from clients and, you know, from people that were interviewing me. And so I would always say, just, you got to start at the basics. You got to start with your words. And one of the things is that our words are the start of the whole entire creation process. If we're saying can't, then that closes down the energy and that's it, right? Um, There's no possibilities. There's no openness for potentiality. It's a constriction. And instead, when you shift your words to words that are more abundant and words that are more open, then the whole creation process. When you think about a word, 
thoughts are a series of words and thoughts thought over and over again create beliefs and our beliefs create our reality. So even in the Bible, it says in the beginning, there was the word. So our, our words are like our magic wand, if you want to think of it that way. And so I really saw that there are so many people that are not even aware of things that they say that pull down their energy and keep them stuck in lack and keep them stuck in the imprints when they could just shift their words and then start feeling the, the difference in their energy. So I created a program. It's a free 30-day program called Watch Your Words, watchyourwords.com. Um, and it's 30 videos. You get a video every day. And I just share what is the word or the phrase for the day? Why is it pulling down your energy? What is it doing for you creatively for your abundance, your success, your relationships? And then what to shift it to instead. And then at the end of the 30 days, you get a PDF of all those words of what not to say, what to say. And what, you know, obviously the videos tell you why, but it really does help you open up to more awareness of the universal laws and more awareness of how powerful you are as a creator. And it just, it, it's such a great place to start. I, I know that Kayla, you had gone through. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in week three now and I love it. So what I've been doing is I'll get the video every day and then I'll play. It's only a couple minutes, which is so great. It's super manageable. And I'll listen to it like while I'm brushing my teeth and like getting ready for bed every night. So I'm like, going to bed, doing a little bit of mindset work. And I think That's it's awesome. great. I love that. And you also, I'll include the link to the seven universal laws that we talked about. So that was, that was another video series that I got over a week. And I learned, you know, everything that we talked about today, you talked about in those videos. So that'll be like a really easy recap for the listeners as well. So I'll awesome. definitely include, I'll include that in the show notes. And then did you want to tell us as well, where else people can find you on social media? Yeah, I'm pretty much Christy Whitman one on Instagram and Christy Whitman International on Facebook. And I, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm all over the place. You could go to ChristyWhitman.com is my website. So anything that you'll see that I've got going on, any programs and things like that, there, it's all there. Yes, that's perfect. I'll definitely put all of that information in the show notes. I want to thank you again for this opportunity today. I honestly love this conversation like my heart is so full right now and I'm really excited to release this and it was just such a fluid conversation and that's why I love podcasting because I I don't give questions to the interviewee I'm just like we're just gonna have a conversation and it's gonna come out exactly as it needs to be and I fully trust that so I want to thank you for for being a guest on my podcast I'm so honored Thank you so much for having me. You're doing great work and, and congratulations for making this time a really, you know, profitable time for you, a really abundant time for you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank and you. I want to thank, I want to thank the listeners today for listening. If you can please subscribe, leave a review, like tag us on Instagram. If you've listened to the episode, we definitely would love to hear your feedback and I will see you in the next episode.